0: cool thanks for your love and support in advance simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website and it'll take you where you need to go now on to the show
1: Many of us grew up without learning how to manage our finances to pursue our dreams and plans for our future. We grew up with the wrong ideas about money, thinking it's all about numbers when it has to do a lot with our emotions. How are we supposed to feel comfortable talking about money? Is there a safe space for that? There is. Head over to our feed and listen to the featured episode we recorded with Self. Don't forget to follow Self Podcast.
0: Is 2019 going to be the year, the year that you stop making excuses, the year that you say, I'm going to write, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get that book published. Well, Hey, it's Ryan from the prolific writer podcast. And today we have Ruth Amos all the way from Australia, an author on the show who finally said, I'm going to do it. This is the year I'm going to do it. And she's writing full-time and doing the deal. So buckle in. It's going to be a great episode, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips and advice on writing fast, writing often and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello. It is your prolific writer, podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton. So th- glad that you are here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well, in no particular order, helping you get unstuck, helping you build a business with your art and other things. And today I'm so excited about episode number 90, because episode number 90 is Ruth Amos, all the way from Australia, and uh, and she has gone all in. Uh, on her writing journey on her writing career that she has made a big leap she has left the academic science world and leapt into writing and publishing and uh, she has a great story and i'm so glad that she could come on the show and encourage you and inspire you and help you and teach you and nudge you that maybe this year is the year and uh, i don't know where you're at 2019 if you're listening to my voice however you are hearing me uh it's 2019 hope things are going well hope you're hitting those writing goals. hope you're getting those words on the page. And hey, it's only January. I know it's cold, depending on where you live in the country or in the world. And uh, it could be warm, depending. Uh, But I know it maybe takes a little bit to get going in 2019. I know I've, I've been kind of plodding along and and, uh, getting the words in. But you know, maybe not as fast as I want to maybe not as as prolific as I want to, um, but have some big audacious goals this year to, to get uh, some more books published and finish some other projects that are in the works. And uh, so hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing the deal. Hope you're doing the thing. Thanks for listening to the Prolific Writer podcast. Thank you for all your kind comments. Uh, Thank you for your nice ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's always helpful. And, uh, and again, just let me know if there's someone I need to talk to an author, a writer, a publisher, uh, someone that can encourage us, teach us, inspire us, uh, to be more prolific, uh, send them my way. I love to, to chat with them and maybe that's you. And I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to uh, share that with the world. So, uh, let me know, uh, hit me up on social or email. You can find me on the website Theprolificwriter.net. That would be really helpful. And uh, yeah, just a couple things before we uh, jump into the interview. Um, As always, if you would like to uh, support the show, uh, we have some great uh, items, some swag on the Patreon page. I'll put that in the show notes, and you can support our show and all the shows on the project entertainment Network and uh, get some free stories some free swag and some other cool stuff a lot of good stuff happening in 2019 there's about 21 other shows that you can enjoy as well so uh, I will put that all in the show notes and uh, love for you guys to support this show and other shows so check out that, check that on out um, and uh, and yeah and I hope you are having a good uh, 2019 and hope you're getting those those words on the page and I, I know I got a couple books in the works um, working on a the fifth book in the series, if you've been following along with my my uh, kind of uh, action adventure thriller series, the uh, Dexter O'Kane series, uh, book number five is in the editing process. So hopefully I'm going to get it off the editor soon and uh, uh, get that back and get that out, out into the world. Got another YA middle grade, I uh, should say middle grade novel coming out this year, uh, third in the Ricky Rayburn series. So I'm looking forward to getting that out as well. And uh, And I got a writing book also in the works. And then one other thing I just wanted to just quickly mention, and I've mentioned a couple of times is, uh, it's just been kind of a slow going here, but, uh, just been trying to listen to you, the, the prolific writer community and and kind of what your needs are and and where you're struggling. And, and so I'm, I'm putting together, there's going to be kind of a free course and there's going to be a paid course. And I'm just trying to be very open and honest about that nothing to hide there. Um, but I'm working on a kind of a free writing workshop that you will be able to do online that will kind of help you get going and, uh, and unstuck in your writing journey, wherever that is. And then there'll be a a paid, uh, version that will be a little more intensive, a little more detailed and just how to be prolific, how to write more, how to, uh, edit, how to, Uh, publish, how to market and all kinds of good stuff. And so I'm working hard on that uh, behind the scenes and it's just been a slow labor of love and I want it to be the best that it can be. So um, I will keep you apprised on that. If you are interested at all in something like that, a free writer's course, or even a paid writer's course, sign up to our our newsletter and that will kind of put you in the loop and I will keep you uh, updated on that. You can just go to our website, the prolificwriter.net and uh, you can sign up for the the newsletter. And I, I try to keep people updated on what's going on with the show and all the free resources. And I'll be talking about that more. So hopefully that will be helpful to you and serve you well, wherever you are in your writer's journey. So without further ado, Ruth Amos, all the way from Australia, she's in the studio and here's my chat with her. So enjoy. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. It's your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I'm so glad today to have Ruth Amos on the show. And uh, Ruth comes all the way from Australia, so we're excited to have her on the show. And She's just starting her day, and I'm kind of ending my day. So, uh, Ruth, why don't you say hello and tell us a little about yourself and your family.
1: Hi everybody. Yes, uh, I hope you can understand my accent. I come from Tasmania, which is the little island at the bottom of Australia, so I'm pretty much as far away from you as I can be. (laughs) Um, I I have a husband and I have two grown-up children who, um, yeah, are uh, amazingly aged 24 and 20 now and I can't really figure out how that happened. Um, I have a PhD in chemistry and I work for Ten years at a university, and last year I decided that uh, what I really wanted to do was write for a living. So um, since then, I've self-published three books: two murder mysteries and a and a uh, memoir. So yeah, yeah. Well,
0: well great, Ruth. I, I love uh, I love your story. Thanks for uh, uh, you reached out to me and said, "Hey, you should you should talk to me." So um, <laughs> I, I'm always excited to hear kind of that transition from. You know, maybe other work and other vocations into writing and uh, so let's let's take it back a little bit let's talk a little bit you know how you got into writing what was kind of you know growing up what were the the creative influences the books the what was family life like tell me a little bit about that
1: sure well my uh, my parents are both missionaries so we had a bit of an interesting life did a bit of traveling and things and uh, and for one year, in my first year of high school, we lived in Hawaii for that year. And everyone says, Oh, how exciting was that? Hawaii? Well, it wasn't. I'm sorry to say, because we lived on the rainy side of the big Island of Hawaii. So there wasn't much to do. And I remember at that stage, I mean, I've always, I've always been one of those people that eats books, you know, I read so many at that point, I was taking 10 books out of the library every week and reading all of them and then going back for more. And, uh, and my parents really instilled a love of reading in us too. So also during the time in Hawaii, uh, my father would read to us as a family every night and he read the whole of The Lord of the Rings, you know, The Hobbit, and then the three Lord of the Rings books to us every every night, um, which which means that I, I, I just can't watch the movies, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I think that, that that love of reading was really instilled in me by my family uh when I started writing people would say to me oh have you always wanted to write and I'm I I'm, I'm not sure because I think it was just so deep in me that I I just thought everybody wanted to write um so I didn't understand the question if you like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um yeah so I I don't think I could have written when I was at home with the kids or when the kids were small. I. I tend to need quite a quiet place and a quiet room, and, and it wasn't when I was when I was a stay-at-home mum. Uh, after I had the children, that's when I went to uni. So we've sort of done things backwards in our family. So grew up, uh, got married, uh, had children, and then bought a house, and then went to university. I I don't even know that this would be possible in the United States, but in Australia it's slightly different. We have better uh, student loans, etc. So we could do this. Um, And after I finished my PhD, I started uh, a postdoc uh, and I was travelling to Sydney a lot at that time for my work. And at the beginning of that postdoc, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing, um, so I had a bit of spare time. And uh, I opened up my computer and I opened up a Word document and I I started writing. And one of the things I wrote was this is what I really want to do with my life. I want to write for a living. And then work got busy. I didn't have any time to think and whatever. And four years passed, and that job finished, and I got a new job, uh, a postdoc back here in Tasmania. And uh, again, life was a little bit slower at the beginning of the postdoc. So I I reopened the Word document and I started writing again. And I wrote, you know, this is what I really want to do. I want to write for a living. And then I thought, oh, I'm just going to scroll up to the top of this document and see what I wrote last time. And when I realized that I'd had that's exact same statement written twice <laughs> over a period of four years. I thought maybe I should take this more seriously. So that's when I started uh, really looking into it, um, uh, searching on YouTube for videos on how to do things. And then I found various podcasts, including yours and um, Joanna Penn's and, uh, yeah, and started really thinking about it and started writing a blog and, uh, and yeah, getting on with things. So. Then it was that juggle of trying to write while working full-time, which is not easy. Uh, And I realised that um, if I really wanted to do it, I I had to touch the work every day, as you say, right in the cracks of the day. So I would go to work in the morning and I would um, put a timer on my phone for 15 minutes and I would write furiously for 15 minutes and then when the timer went off, pack everything away and get on with my job and that's that's pretty much how I got my first book finished um yeah things changed and I decided to leave work uh not not that I have to be honest not that I'm making a living from my writing at all yet but I'm yeah trying to start my own business and and do more writing and things and that's a joy it's just a joy to be able to spend more time writing every day. So yeah, that's how I got into it. <laughs>
0: well, well, that's great, and I, I love I love your story because it's you know a very similar story. I mean, I've, we've interviewed tons and tons of people, and a lot of people have kind of been down that that road of you know I really wanted to write, I've always wanted to write, and then you know kind of put it aside, tried, maybe didn't really take it that seriously, and then finally said, hey, I think it's time to do that. Uh, yeah. So so here's a here's a question I'm always fascinated with is you know you talked about you know some influences, early influences with like Lord of the Rings, things like that. Um, you write some mysteries, you do some other other stuff so so tell me like when you you were thinking getting more serious about it, did you have any thought of like what kind of books you would write or what genre you would write in, or how, what was the process of kind of discovering that?
1: Yeah so I think um, when my work became difficult, emotionally difficult, it was quite a, a hard work environment. I think that I went to mysteries. For comfort, because um, they're not—they're not usually emotionally difficult, you know. Police procedurals or whatever. You know, when you start the book, that you're going to get justice in the end, and so you can just escape into it for a while and say, "Yeah, yeah, we've got this going." So, I, I think, um, yes, that while I, I loved fantasy growing up, was very deeply into fantasy. I had a bit of a, a romance binge read a lot of Georgette Heyer for a while in my early twenties. Yeah. For the past maybe eight or 10 years, I've been reading a lot of um, cozy mysteries, whatever I can get my hands on. So Lillian Jackson Brown, for example, and a lot of um, really enjoy the, the ones that are written in the early 20th century. So um, Dorothy Sayer is one of my favorites and Agatha Christie, obviously, and people like that. So um, because I had really had a diet of those books when I first started, when I first started writing, I really wanted to write, but I really didn't know what I wanted to write. So I didn't have that book burning within me, desperate to get out. It just wasn't there, and uh, and I didn't know what the plot of my story was going to be. Um, I hadn't really heard a lot about writing from characters, but I, I don't think that would have worked for me anyway. And I thought, well, I've read. Uh, 50 million mysteries. I'll, I'll go with that. You know, at least if you, if you do that, you've got a dead body at the beginning and you've Uh got, you know, a perp caught at the end. And so I, I know where the plot's supposed to go. So we'll, we'll try that. So, yeah, I think for my first novel, I, well, I know I started from scratch uh, four times. So I wrote the whole thing out four times. Um, Once was in first person and um, a couple of times in third person and just Playing with the one novel over and over until I was happy with it, um, and now I feel like I've got my stride a bit more and I can and I can write it a bit more. But yeah, I really turned to mystery because I knew I could put a plot together, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I knew I could write it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. I I don't know. Like I feel like yeah. Okay. I've published I've published three books, um, and I've got oh, self published three books, and I've got um, another couple that where I've got a first uh, draft written. Um, and so, yeah, I've, you know, in one way you feel like you're really getting there in another way. I feel like I'm right at the beginning of this journey and, and who knows what type of books I'm going to write next. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to try new things and see what happens, but yeah.
0: Well, I think you, you you know, you're saying something very interesting and I think helpful is, you know, when I think especially those that are listening that are just starting out is, yeah, you know, yeah. Write the, write those books that you're comfortable with. Or write books you're familiar with, because I think you. I mean, you nailed it. It's you know, hey, I know these mysteries. How they start? There's got to be a body at the beginning, and we got to <laughs> find the criminal at the end. And you know, I don't know what happens in the middle, but at least you know, I've read a bunch of them. I know how they work. And you know, yeah. people, you know, ask all the time. You know what? What do I write? Where you know what genre? And I think the stuff you read, the stuff you're familiar with, is usually a great place to start. Doesn't mean you have to live there, but. Um, but no, I think that there's a lot of wisdom there. And I think that's part of how you learn how to write is reading. Um, you know, a lot of writers take that for granted. It's, it's read a lot, see what, see what they do, see how they get to point A to point B to point C and, and, you know, what makes a good mystery or what makes a good fantasy book or nonfiction book or whatever. Um, so, so tell me a little bit, like as far as, um, mysteries go uh cozy mysteries what have been you mentioned some some older ones uh what are what are some newer kind of authors that are out there that uh maybe have influenced you or or, or is there any ones that you kind of emulate like if they were to pick up a ruth amos mystery and say you know it's kind of like this what would it what would be the equivalent uh kind of book
1: that's a bit tricky <laughs> yeah um yes i knew i should have uh thought about this more i guess i'm i <sighs>
0: Or, or I could say this, what what makes your books unique? I mean, what what's kind of your unique yeah. angle on your mysteries?
1: That's a bit easier for me. <laughs> yeah, I think um because I really I'm trying to avoid um, uh, anything that's too uh, has got um, too much sex in it I don't want and and think so my books are quite clean, they're very clean, actually. <laughs> um, and I also. Um, haven't put too much trauma into mine either, so it's not. It's definitely not a thriller. It's definitely a uh, cosy, um, and at the same time, it's not. Uh, I don't have any muffin recipes or anything in mine either. So, mm-hmm. having gone through what I don't have, what I do have is um, is a scientific background. So, I've set my mysteries in in the university where I worked, um, quite solidly, uh, and in the little town where I live. So, I like. I like those those mysteries that really um, pull in the, the feel of the town and the, um, the people and the countryside and you sort of get to go and visit the place um, when you spend time in that book. So um, that's what I've done for mine. So they're set here in Kingston Beach where I live and um, at my university, which means that my colleagues have had a lot of fun reading them. Um, the first draft that i wrote that i gave to um, a friend of mine to read she said where's the science you haven't put any science in so i went back and put some science in so um yeah in my uh, in my latest book there's a lot of crystallization and um in the first one there was a real analysis of a chemical to see to see exactly what it was um so i'm putting that sort of thing in um yeah so you really get to to visit me where i worked and and what i did and see what it's like yeah
0: um, no, that's- yeah, I love that you actually ruined. Now you ruined the whole interview because I was going to ask you how, you know, <laughs> your your chemistry it's background. Count. You know, how's that influenced your your books? But no, that that's a great I mean example of you know using what you know and you know yeah. people always asking how do you find an idea? How do you? It's like, well, I, I know this. I know this university. I have a science background. How can I kind of weave that in? And again, it's probably. I imagine it's not verbatim it's not you're not using your coworkers names um, no no you know. most
1: definitely not and but, I, it's a mashup of people so people think <laughs> you know they think they see someone but you know the, the whole character is made up of three or four people right. uh yeah someone said to me oh you know i know i know exactly who that guy is and i thought well you you know half of him but the other half is actually my female friend who mm-hmm. you know did her phd here and whatever and uh Yes. So she recognizes herself in the guy as well. So it's, yes, you mash up people together. You put them together. Uh, The fun thing about working at the uni while writing was that my colleagues were very excited by this idea. So they, uh, they would sit down at morning tea. We'd all get together. How's your book going, Ruth? I've come up with a new way you can kill someone. They'd say, (laughs) (laughs) or they would stop me in the hallway. Oh, Ruth, I've just thought of a new way that you can kill someone. And, uh, I'm thinking, could you please phrase that slightly differently? <laughs> right, so that, right. Yeah. So that it doesn't find sound quite so
0: <laughs> right. You don't want the police to you know, be I, do, I do not want, want the
1: police <laughs> <laughs> yeah. turning up on yeah. my door.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So I have a whole lot of uh, notebooks full of ideas of different ways that we can use the, the chemistry lab to, to uh, murder somebody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's well, a, well, it's fun, a scary right place. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah. Ideas are everywhere. That's for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. Sure. So,
0: so tell me, so you, you know, you have a, a chemistry background and, you know, PhD. So obviously you've written a lot of, you know, very precise, uh, you know, um, probably your dissertation, you know, a very precise research heavy kind of, you know, work. What, what was it like? You know, did you, did you, let me go back. Was there anything early on, you know, as a, as a kid or sc- in school, were you writing any other fiction? Um, just no, as you yeah. kind of transitioned into the you know, more fiction as opposed to nonfiction. Was that a, was that a hard leap uh, for you to kind of write stories versus more precise, kind of scientific, exact stuff?
1: Yeah, sure. So I I didn't write in school, and I find that interesting. I have I have one little story I wrote in grade three. Uh, it involved a circus and horses. Um, and we drew pictures for it, and my teacher bounded up, and it was all very exciting. I remember that I've got it somewhere uh, it's dreadful um, <laughs> but I, no i was not I was not writing all the way through, but I was writing uh, in my journal, and I've written a journal since the age of ten, so at the age of ten since grade ten and so that journal writing has actually been very handy, and that, I think that's why I tend to write in terms of um, in first person. Quite a lot more easily than I write in third person because I yeah I think I've had practice in that first person writing, um, but yes, when I went to write fiction after writing a lot of papers and journal articles and whatever, it was it was difficult. It was so different. Uh, I didn't know how to begin. I had no idea of the grammar rules of um, dialogue, for example, like, you know, where do you put the punctuation in and out of the speech marks and things like that. And at first I thought, I'm not going to worry about it. It won't be a problem. But, you know, when you're 50,000 words in, it's a lot of changing (laughs) when you actually figure out how to do it the right way. Yeah, Yeah, so it took took a bit of doing, um, a bit of changing. But at the same time yeah, when they talk about your 10,000 hours, I have done a lot of writing. So I think that my, my grammar is a a lot better than people who, who haven't had that experience. And I'm also, um also quite experienced at uh, getting critical feedback. So, Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, yes, I know it's my baby, but so was my first paper that I sent to my supervisor and got back with absolutely slaughtered with red pen you know it's Mm -hmm. it's something that's happened to me many times in the past so i can i can take it yeah so yes it was a very different type of writing but you're always telling a story aren't you i mean even if you're writing a a scientific paper you need to you need to tell the story um yeah it's not in chronological order but you need to tell the story of of how you found this amazing thing and why people should care about it so yeah it makes a a difference, yeah, well,
0: yeah. I, you know, I found it's funny. I, I do, you know, nonfiction and fiction, and I, I find fiction such a relief, you know, compared to to nonfiction. Just on the research side, you know, you don't have to be so oh, exact. Yeah. You don't have to be so, you know. You can just kind of tell the story, and it's almost like cleaning the palate a little bit. You know, nonfiction just takes forever, and it, you know, and and. To, to kind of shift between the two is such a a gift. I think, uh, to, you know, just, yeah, just tell a story. And, and I think, yeah, that you were mentioning the dialogue. I mean, just, just learning how to, it doesn't have to be perfect English because people don't speak that way. You know, it's like, it's more casual. It's more, and learning how to kind of go back and forth is, is, you know, yeah, it does take 10,000 hours. It does take a lot of reading, a lot of writing to kind of figure out, Oh yeah, that sounds too, too clear or too, you know, wooden, or it sounds too, that's how people talk, you know, and kind of getting, yeah. Where, where does that comma go? And you know, all those kinds of things.
1: Um, So so my friends said to me um, that she said, Oh, you're so prolific when I, when I put out my latest book and I said, well, you know, it's a lot easier when you don't have to do all the experiments first, Mm -hmm. like (laughs) you're writing papers, you you know, you're doing a year's worth of experiments before you can even put pen to paper with fiction, sit down and, and write it out. Yeah.
0: I know. And then, you know, you write nonfiction and it's like, I have to read 30 books to write the book. Like what this, you know, and all these (laughs) journals and all these things, this is so much work just to write the thing. Uh, So, so take us through a little bit, um, you know, as you were kind of transitioning to fiction and really taking it seriously, you know, you, you decided, Hey, I'm going to write kind of cozy mysteries. Um, you know, this is kind of the way I want to write them, but, but did you have any like inkling of, you know, how long was it supposed to be? Did you, you know, outline out the book? I mean, where did you like begin? I mean, did you just go first paragraph, here's an idea, here's a character and a place and a setting, let's go. Or talk us through that a little bit. Like, like, is there a certain, you know, word count for cozy mysteries that you kind of want to stay in? Or do you think about those things or where are you at
1: with that now? Sure. So I, I think I'm, I'm definitely more a putter inner than a taker outer. um, I've been trained to be concise in my writing. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm, with my first book, I was really stretching trying to get to 50,000 words because I sort of looked at what length a novel should be and, you know, before it can be called a novel and it said 40,000 to 50,000. I thought, oh, I really have to, you know, work for that. And I think I got to 48. I, I couldn't quite make the 50, um, yeah. So that that was sort of what I was aiming for word count wise. Um, and um, I did find that I needed an outline. So uh, even um, I tried uh, one month, I thought, oh, I'm writing a new book. I'm going to just, I'm just going to write into the dark. I'd been listening to you a lot, Ryan, and I, okay. I thought, oh, let's do this, right? Everyone says this is the way to go. And I, I really found that I couldn't bring myself to the page. Um, I would get up in the morning and go, oh, okay, I'm going to write. And then I think oh, I'm just too tired to even think about what should happen now. Whereas if I've got an outline with the scenes written out and it, it's a really very brief scene outline, it's uh, you know a couple of lines of what's going to happen. Um, then I can go to the page. I know I know what's going to happen and I just fill in the blanks um so having an outline is quite important for me Mm -hmm. um i'm even found uh so this month while my husband he's my first reader so he he reads through he's reading through the novel i've just written and i and he reads slowly which is a bit of a shame (laughs) and i thought what am i going to do so i'm not nagging him while he's reading my book so i decided to do a short story challenge so we found a whole lot of short story prompts and i found that that's worked the same way as the outline for me. Sure, they're all weird and it's different every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing 30 short stories in 30 days. But um, because the prompt is there, I've got something to work towards. And so I, you know, open it up, look at the prompt and then wait a bit and write. So, so yeah, I need an outline. Uh, it changes and you add, you add bits as you go along. But I am um, fine that I need an outline. So, yeah, so that's... With the first book, I think I... I honestly can't remember (laughs) how much of an outline I had with book number one, but with book number two, I wrote out a good outline. Um, I read it through with my husband and we changed bits and pieces to make it make more sense. And then I just went through and wrote it to the outline and aimed for 50,000 words and and got there. I don't think a cozy needs to be much longer than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where I go. And then uh, after I've written it, I give it back to Moz again and he he reads it through and he's looking for WTF moments where he gets thrown out of the book Mm -hmm. and um, I trust him. So yeah, we work through those together and then after that um, I give the book to beta readers. So because I do such uh, a bit of technical work um, in the last one, I, my main character was working as a lab technician. So I gave the book to a lab technician and said, can you read this through and make sure I haven't made mistakes here? And I also was working with international students at the uni here. So I uh, gave a book to somebody who works with international students again and just said, and and I also have a tame police officer. <laughs> She's wonderful. I don't make her read the book, but if I have any procedural questions, I just, I just give her a hoy and ask her, you know, well, that's a very Australianism, isn't it? Give her a hoi. I reach out to her mm-hmm. and ask her um, what I should be doing. And after all that, um, it goes to a, an editor um, to get a professional edit before I um, publish it. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's pretty much my process.
0: Well, that's great. No, and and I think you 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 said something. I mean, I, I've you know talked about not using outlines. I've used outlines, not used outlines. And you you said something really interesting. I think is important for our our listeners is you know you have to know yourself. And you know, feeling like an outline really helps me you know get to the page. And if if that's what you need, then you know use it. Of course. Uh, and you know, everyone has a reason for why they do it the way they do it. And you know, and a lot of people, I think a lot of people. I mean, even including myself. I mean, you know. It, if you call it outlining maybe, but it could just be a line. It could just be an idea. It's not anything, mm-hmm. you know, that's stifling that you don't, you can't have any creativity. Cause some, I think that people think outline, they think, you know, a thousand word, you know, detailed, here's exactly how it's going to be. And sometimes it's just so-and-so is going to do this and that's all you got, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yeah. and so yeah you have to kind of figure out what's what works for you and what what doesn't um, I, have a, I have a friend right now who's writing a book with another person and you know and so the other the reality is you have to have an outline it's almost impossible if you don't kind of know where you're both going and, and all that so um, yeah so um, so tell me a little bit just as as you've kind of um, jumped in full you know into the the fiction game and learning your craft and you know published a few books. Is you know what are what are some of the things that you've been learning um, from that first story, that first book till now? I mean, even you know, how has your your process evolved? Is there anything that's that's changed? Anything that you're learning? Um, any any things maybe you did in the past that you you're trying not to do now and in your in your craft? Uh, tell us a little about that.
1: Yeah, I think the first the first draft of my first book was very self indulgent. It was all very you know she wrote in her journal and it. it I, I'm a very introverted person and my main character is also an introvert um but you've got to you've got to think about your audience and what they want to hear and what they want to listen to um uh the craft is always you're always expanding i i'm i'm reading i'm actually reading million dollar outlines at the moment just to get some idea of of how to go uh i didn't have I didn't have any knowledge of how to put in a, a second plot when I, when I first started. So it was just the one story straight through. And then I, you know, I thought about what I'd read and I thought, you know, you've got these secondary characters doing different things and how, how do we put that in and how do we mesh it? And especially how you put it in so that the, second, the secondary plot and the, and the primary plot mesh at the end of the book, they come together, they relate to each other in some way. So that's, um, that's something I've been learning how to do. Yeah. Um, ah, oh, there's so much <laughs> what to talk about.
0: How about go, go back. I, I made a little note. Cause I, 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 love this topic. Cause I, I talk about it a lot, as you know, is, uh, you know, when you were kind of shifting into full-time writing, like finding the time, what, what are some things you've been learning? How, how do you find the time? What does your kind of schedule look like? Like what, what, what you know, yeah, sure. even go back to when you're, when you were working full-time.
1: Yeah. So when I was working full time, um, I was writing in the evenings, um, which was, which was okay. I could probably get 500 words down or or something before I fell in a heap. Um, And then uh, we decided that I would um, work four days and have the fifth day to write, which was, which was good. But um, yeah, I think one of the things I've really had to learn is about putting boundaries around my work and, and when to, when to work. So one of the things about working in academia as a lecturer is, apart from your lecturing times, the rest of the time you need to—you have plenty to do, believe me—but you need to order it yourself and structure it yourself. So again, there was training in that. So when I when I came to be at home full time, um, I I found it quite simple, really, to get up in the morning, um, get to my desk, and and just start work. I I didn't have that problem that a lot of people seem to have of I get stuck in. Netflix or, or Facebook or, and not do anything for three or four days. Cause I'd had, had that training to, you know, this is how you do it. This is the work that you need to do. Um, so that was good. So, um, yeah, but when I was working, um, I, I was thinking, oh, I could work four days and then spend all of the fifth day on the writing. And that just simply cannot happen. Um, you just don't have enough brain, um, to do that. Or, you know, I, I can't, uh, I find that once I've written about 2000 words or spent a couple of hours on writing that I'm a, I'm pretty brain dead in that area. I need to move my brain on to doing something else. Um, so yes. Uh, so that on that fifth day I could spend a couple of hours writing, but then I couldn't do any more. And I found that I really needed to touch the work, not every day, but almost every day. So having that 15 minutes in the morning, uh, I encourage anyone who's got a job, um, and trying to write that the, yeah, if they can find 15 minutes in their day every day and, and using a timer was good because you, you were like, well, I won't go over time. I, I can get back to work but mm-hmm. just I've got this 15 minutes and I'm going to dive straight into it now and this is the time that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. So since I've been at home full time, um, the structure of the day is that uh, I get up and send everybody off to work in the morning and then I've been um, doing some s- stretching because I'm trying to keep my body healthy as well and then sit down and write for, yeah, maybe a couple of hours, try and get a couple of thousand words down. Um, and which is nice. I I write I type quickly. So that's, that's a nice thing to have. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I go for a walk, um, listen to some podcasts and sort of refill a bit. And then I spend the afternoon working on my other business, which is an editing business. And, um, yeah, and it's, so that's back to the technical work back to the scientific mm-hmm. articles and whatever. And, and thinking in a different, in a different part of my brain and doing the marketing as well, which, yeah, I need to improve on. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So, you know, um, you've been learning, you know, finding your schedule, learning the crap. But yeah. What, what's what been, you know, kind of helpful with marketing. What, what have you been trying to do? What's been just getting, getting the word out? What, what does that look like for you? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um, I've got a really great support team here, which is nice, Um, and uh, family and friends have been incredibly supportive. Um, I've printed out hard copies of the books, um, and I think that's because uh, I'm working out that my target audience is probably uh, women who are 50 years and older. That's the the sort of cosy mystery sweet spot, if you like, Um, and those people like to read Hard copy you know paperback books so that's that's been a big part of um, what I have to do uh, I use Ingram Spark for that um, but Tasmania is a very small place and i I need to break into the American market and um, I'm hoping to find some of you lovely people who like the Australian voice because my voice is very Australian um, and i I'm not I'm not tempted to change that I think that's that's who I am and how I write uh, I just need to find those fans that love that. So, um, yeah, so I have been exploring recently. I've been trying Facebook ads and I have been trying, um, Amazon ads, but I'm, I'm very, very new to that. And I wouldn't have any advice for anybody (laughs) yet. (laughs) Hopefully, you know, soon I'll get the hang of it. But I have found, um, interestingly that, um, just writing the short stories has been has been a good move. So I, uh, every short story that I've written this month, I've put up on Facebook and I've put up on my website. And then on Facebook, I've put a link back to my website. So I'm trying to always bring people back to to my my place, my home. Um, yeah, uh, and hopefully they will um, sign up. So I have a newsletter. Um, yeah, so I've been um, working on all that. Um, trying to keep the branding consistent. Trying to, you know, um, start as I mean to go on. Um, in terms of of branding and in terms of building the newsletter list and keeping the uh, everything consistent and 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 working that way. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping uh, that at some point I'll have a breakthrough. And I wouldn't say I've had it yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. listen to a lot of podcasts and and really try to pick the marketing method that works for me too. So uh, Joanna Penn is always talking about um, the fact that she does content marketing because that's consistent with who she is. And, Mm -hmm. and I think, yeah, it's finding that way that where it feels reasonably natural, that's who you are. And then, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good advice. Uh, You know, I, uh, I, a friend of mine said the other day too, is yeah, just pick, pick one, area that you think is, or, or to, to market, you know, it could be just focusing on your newsletter, focusing on ads, focusing on writing short stories and sending those out. You know, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be on every social media platform. That's, that's the big lie and the big myth, you know, and a lot of times social media really doesn't sell books anyways. It just kind of keeps you out in front of people. Um, but, uh, yeah, and you, you know, the best marketing often is writing that next book. And, uh, you know, making sure that you're yeah. consistent, especially in the indie publishing world, it's being consistently, consistently publishing. Um, and I imagine for you, like cozy mysteries, you know, they they tend to be what I know, uh, very voracious readers too. And so, you know, you got to keep books coming out. You can't just have one every six years, you know. <laughs> or, <laughs> absolutely you know. not. Right. So, yeah. you know, just, yeah, being consistent in that, I think is, is huge. Um, and I yeah. think, you know, the marketing thing is, it, it is as much as there are experts, as much as there are people that say, you know, take this course and figure out Facebook and Amazon. I mean, all good things, but, but, you know, if you want a long-term, I think career as well, it's, it's, it is that consistent work and, and it's not, you know, can, can we game the algorithm on Amazon or Facebook or, or, you know, because those are changing all the time. Um, And so you just have to keep, you know, right. Making consistent good work and, and, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know your- you know your demographic right if it's older women, then well guess what i got you know, might have to get out there with the people or you know yeah. do a book, book yeah. signing or you know have those hard coffees and and get your name out there that way so that's yeah. great um, and it's the
1: writing that we love, isn't it so like yep. you know i'm really happy with that advice keep keep writing because it's the writing that I love the best. So it's, that's the thing I want to do. So yeah.
0: And yeah. And you use that as your marketing. I I love what you said about short stories. That's actually a a big, I'd like to, I have some short stories. I'd like to get more into that um, is using those as kind of a, just a way to kind of say, Hey, here I am. Here's some of my writing is, you know, putting that on your, on your, like you said, on your blog or Facebook um. Then you can be able to package those and say, "Hey, here's a collection of short stories. It get it can be an easy entry into someone into your work. Um, and they're you know and they're short. I mean that's the beauty of short stories. They're right. and they they do not take long <laughs> to write, and uh, you know you can write quite a few and put them together and say, "Hey, here's here's a little bit of Ruth Amos. You know, and and boy, yeah. or give them away for free or whatever. Um, no, that's great. I think people neglect that. I think you know you're not going to make much money on short stories, but you will." at least be able to expose you know, your work to people um, in a different, right. different yeah. medium. Um, I, I love actually reading short stories, but I'm, I'm probably unique in that way. Um, but- <laughs>
1: and I had a fun situation where I, I met up with another author friend of mine and, um, and we, just, we just had a conversation and, and one thing that she said stuck in my mind and I went back to look at my short story prompt and, and as I'm writing the short story, I thought, oh, this thing that she said, that's, that's perfect for my opening line. So I I put it for my opening line. uh, And uh, what she'd said was, oh, she has a a creative writing degree, but the only creative writing I've seen her do is the lies she writes about the family on Facebook. And I thought, that's fantastic. I'm going to use that for the start of my short story. So I, I did, but then I wrote to her and said, I hope you don't mind (laughs) I just used your quote in my short story Mm. and she read it she said oh I love this I think this is fantastic so she then shared that on her social media and then her readers are now you know reading my short stories and it and it grows organically like that so that's you know that's exciting and and as you push them back to your website they can see the books that you've got up on the website and yeah so I'm, I'm I'm hoping things like that you know, when you reach out, um, when you give away something for free, um, yeah, that you, you reach people and, Mm -hmm. and that's the plan really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's usually how it works. Um, so a couple of things, uh, just before we, we kind of wrap up the interview is, is, uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about, um, your, you wrote a book called my year of saying no. And, (laughs) uh, and and I actually love the idea because I think it, it fits very well with just kind of writing and, and, you know, kind of how do we simplify our lives? How do we, you know, obviously you, you wanted to write and things, you know, things do have to change. I mean, if you get serious about it, I think people always try to say, well, I'm just going to add the writing into what I'm already doing, but you realize there are some things you have to kind of cut out or, you know, you want to get serious. And, and, and I think that's living in a, you know, very fast paced modern world, you know, uh, how do we, how do we say no to things? That's always hard, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. tell us a little bit about what, what, was the, what was the book, the kind of genesis of the book and um, you know, what, what's it about?
1: Yeah, so in, the, in my last year of work at the university, um, I, I uh, needed holidays. I was feeling pretty burnt out, um, but I couldn't take holidays uh, because I had too much to do. So I took half holidays and, um, and I knew that the second half of the year was going to be absolutely frantic. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to pre-write my blog um in these holidays. I'm going to get as many written as possible before I start into this majorly horrible time that I knew was going to come up. And the the thing, um yeah, the things that I'd been learning that I wanted to share on my blog were all about saying no. So not just saying no, but what I want to say yes to. So you know what, you know, if if writing is my dream and it is, it takes time. Um you need to as we say you need to read but you need to also sit down and write. You need to Put time aside and so because of that there there were just things in my life that i i could not do i i had to cut out um and so i was thinking about yes definitely how how do i figure out what i want to say yes to and i uh, you know some some tools like mind mapping your life and just seeing what you've actually got in your life for starters and then what what's important to you and what you can cut out what you what you need to say no to and then also things like uh you know, people inviting you to parties that you don't really want to go to, you know, maybe maybe you don't go and maybe you take them out for coffee another time or, you know, as an introvert, uh, a lot of activities are exhausting to me. And I realize that, well, maybe I wasn't required to go to all of these things. Maybe I could say, no, that's not for me, but I will do this in a different way that's not so exhausting. And then I'm going to have more energy to spend on the thing that I really want to do. So I wrote this series of blog posts and um, I got my son to write, uh, draw cartoons, comics for all of them as well, which was really, really fun. And then uh, at the end of the year, I, I wrote a couple of extra bits and I also went through my journal for that year, uh, month by month, to see what themes there were in the journal and um, and put that into the book as well to tie it together uh, as a year because that was the year where I really decided to give up on an academic career, which was a was a very big decision to make, um, and to and to focus more on writing. So you you get that decision process as you go through the book as well. How how I did that and that comes straight out of my journal. So it's a it's a pretty personal book. Um, people read it and they say, "Oh, I know you so well now," yeah. <laughs> which is interesting. Um, but yeah, so that was so I put that all together. Put put in extra bits and pieces as well as as the blog posts and and yeah. Um, yeah it's a pretty special book to me and I think for me it's going to be a a, you know a a snapshot of that time in my life as well so it's going to be meaningful to me but people have said to me that it it feels like they've had um, 10 deep and meaningful conversations with me or um, that it's really spoken to them about yeah how they should um, how they should define their lives and I guess I tried not to make it totally writing specific i mean writing is my dream and it's my thing but you know what whatever your dream is whatever if you want to make your life count you're gonna have to pare away the sides you know the things that don't add to that and and then there's a one chapter about saying yes to things you don't like as well um yeah there's some things in your life that it is right for you to do even though maybe it doesn't add to your writing or it doesn't add to your dream but it's still the right thing to do and you need to you know be a bit unselfish and put time into that too so yeah so that was that was that book um it was an important year and it it was great to be able to put that together but it was also nice you know that it was it was blog posts and then it became a book which is it's really handy (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. right yeah Yeah, Saves the time I think my first book, nonfiction book, was a blog post that I made into a book. But uh, no, I I love that. I think, you know, just you you even saying that and our readers, or I should say listeners, hearing that uh, is so important that, you know, what are the things that we have to cut out, say no to? And yeah, it does take some sacrifice, right? I mean, you can't do everything. And if you really want to write, you know, because there is that excuse. You know, we all find the excuse. Well, if I just had more time, if I just had this, if I just had that. And, and really, you said earlier in the interview about, you know, if you just had 15 minutes, you know, how many words you could get if you just did that every day, you know. Um, I actually have a friend, it's funny you say that. I have a friend who's a professional writer and he actually writes in 15 minute, you know, bursts. Yeah, sure. 700 words a, a burst, which is quite a bit. But I mean, that's really his way of doing it. I mean, he, he just finds those 15 minutes and just focuses on writing and then you know, comes back later. And if he does three of those a day in a year, he has about 400,000 words. I mean, he has it down Mm -hmm. exactly how many words he needs to write per year to make a living. And so, so yeah, it's, it's not about, you know, I need seven hours a day to write, but it's saying, what are the, some things I need to cut out? You know, um, do I need to get up earlier? you know, do I need yep. to stay up later? Do I need to, you know, not go to those parties all the time or whatever it
1: is. Um, yeah. Like I, I said, you know, earlier in the interview that I was writing in the evenings. Well, well that meant I wasn't watching television in the evenings, So mm-hmm. TV yep. just stopped happening for me
0: yep. for
1: a good year, year or two, because that was the only time that I had to write. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, a- know,
0: and it's funny. Cause I find like with that, like TV or, or social media or whatever, it, it actually, when you, or use it as a reward rather than the thing that you just go sure. to, is to say, hey, if I get my thousand words in, I, I will watch a show on Netflix or whatever. As as a as a reward to say you did what you were you needed to do rather than it always just being there, right? Um and yeah. then it's it kind of becomes more enjoyable. Like at least I found <laughs> that it's it's not just this, this thing that we constantly do, but it's like, oh I'm I've done the work and now I can, you know, sit down with my wife and enjoy this show that we like together. You know, whatever it is. Um you know, or, or we're going to go have that piece of chocolate that we really want, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> um, so, um, no, I love that. So, uh, so Ruth, as we, uh, kind of wind, wind down the, the interview, two things. One is I always love to, to ask our authors, you know, give, give one or two or three kind of writerly truths, wisdom that you've learned. What would you want to tell someone who's just starting out or already started out about, you know, to encourage them, what would those things be? And then last, what would, what is the best way that we could find you?
1: Sure. So I I think my writerly advice is just do it. Um, there's so many different uh, things that you can write, different ways of writing, but the, the joy that you get from it, I mean, I'm just, I'm so much happier now that I'm writing. Um, it's unbelievable. Uh, and And yes, yes, writing full time. But even when I was writing and working at the same time, it just brought so much joy into my life. So I think, it, just do it. Yeah. Make that time. Yeah. Set your 15 minutes, get in and do it. You'll learn what you need to learn along the way. Um, but yeah, writing and reading, are uh, uh, the two things that I think mm-hmm. go for it and do, you know, um, once you've written, uh, you'll know what you want to do with it. Um, and you can get plenty of advice and, um, I guess, yeah, the, that's the other thing is find someone that you can trust. And I think that's a bit of a trial and error process. It's taken me a while to find people I can trust to read my books before they go out into the world. Um, so yeah, I only have a very few people that I will trust to read my books and give me advice on them. Um, so yeah, so, but just do it, just make the time and do it. It, it really will make your life so much better. That's well, what I think.
0: It. So, uh, we, so lastly, yeah, where do we, where do we find you?
1: You find me. So my, uh, my fiction website is uh, rjamos.com. So that's rjamos.com. Um, so that's at the moment got uh, links to my books and uh, it's got my short stories coming up on that all the time, which is cool. And my link to my newsletter and for nonfiction, it's, ruth dot com dot a u so r u t h a m o s dot com dot a u for australia i couldn't get the dot com which is a bit hmm. sad <laughs> i think if you go to dot com you find someone in real estate or something that's not me right. yeah so on that you'll find uh, a blog um i have a podcast and um and then yeah my nonfiction my year of saying no book and um a few other um short stories and things there as well so yeah so they' are my two
0: and then uh, what, what do you have coming out uh, this year?
1: So this year I have a, uh, a romantic suspense, which is new, um, which I, I'm not sure what it's called yet. So that's a bit of a shame. You'll have to, you'll have to sign up to my newsletter to find it. All right, yeah. <laughs> How's that? Good, um, and good then I'll, have, I'll have a third in my deadly miss series. So um, yes, I have the first two uh, deadly misconduct and deadly misdirection. They're the ones set at the university and the third, in that series is coming out as well. So, um, yeah. And that one's set in Sydney, Uh, but yeah, it needs a bit of, bit of work. Yeah. But, um, deadly misconduct and deadly misdirection are out already and deadly misdirection is set over Easter. So if you need an Easter read, that's a, that's a really good one. Hot cross buns feature strongly in deadly misdirection.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I love it. Well, Hey Ruth, this has been such a, a privilege. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for helping a lot of, uh, writers uh, today and uh and thank you so much for sharing your story and all the best of uh to you and your writing journey and i'm so glad that you've jumped in with both feet and uh, we look forward to hearing uh more of your success in the future so thanks for coming on the show
1: thank you so much for having me
0: well there you have it prolific writer nation ruth amos all the way from australia love her advice just do it just do it. Uh, 2019, I don't know what your goals are. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're working on, but just do it. That, that's really it. It's, it's, there's, there's every excuse under the sun. You know, I'm too old. I'm too young. Uh, I don't have enough time. Don't have enough money, whatever, whatever it is, make this year, the, the year that you just do it, that you make it happen. Um, and, and it may be writing that first book and maybe starting that blog site It maybe, be writing that fifth book w- whatever it is just just do it there there's never going to be a perfect time to write there's never going to be a t- perfect situation there's always issues there's always conflict there's always things going on in our lives but we just minute by minute 15 minutes here an hour here and we just keep working we keep chipping away uh, so make this year the year that we you do it so Uh, Go check out Ruth Amos and her books uh, and her mysteries and uh, her other other stuff. I'll put all her information in the show notes. Thanks, Ruth, for coming on the show. You helped us tremendously. So thank you again. Uh, As always, I mentioned at the top of the show, if you'd like to support the show, check out the Patreon page. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, You can get some uh, free stuff and some cool stuff, just a a minimum, I think, a dollar a month. And uh, that helps support this show, keeps getting this show out and other shows as well on the Project Entertainment Network. And also, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, that would really help us out or wherever you listen to the show. Um, And I'll put that in the show notes as well. It really helps us a ton. And then third thing is... If there is someone you would like me to talk to, uh, you have a guest, uh, you are an author and you want to share your story. I'd love to, to hear more about you and uh, maybe have you come on the show. So uh, hit me up at Ryan at the um, or social media, and, uh, we'll chat and see if we can make that happen. So thanks again. It is such a privilege and honor to do this show. I can't believe it's episode number 90. That's crazy. Um, uh, but thanks for listening in. Uh, thanks for being part of this journey of the prolific writer and uh, so glad that you are with us and i just have one more thing to say before i go is go get those words on the page this is ryan j pelton and i will talk to you real real soon join us each wednesday on the mondo method podcast brought to you by project entertainment network the Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buddha as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the
1: Project Entertainment Network. Many of us grew up without learning how to manage our finances to pursue our dreams and plans for our future. We grew up with the wrong ideas about money, thinking it's all about numbers when it has to do a lot with our emotions. How are we supposed to feel comfortable talking about money? Is there a safe space for that? There is. Head over to our feed and listen to the featured episode we recorded with Self. Don't forget to follow Self Podcast.